Disclaimer, Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slaying Demons, a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, are my two lovely ladies, Jules and Nevermore. Hello, ladies. Hi, Joss. Hi, Jules. Yay, we're back. (laughs) We are back. So we've had kind of an extended time away from Slaying Demons, unfortunately. Um, We've been doing a lot of streaming on Tuesdays, and uh, that was mostly because uh, we had a lot of, like, crazy heavy shit happen from kind of our last episode through Christmas and up until now. So um, needed a little bit of uh, wind-down time and girl time that wasn't necessarily, like, get in on the podcast and spew out all our feelings because a lot of us had way too many feelings. (laughs) So uh, now I think we're in a little bit of a better headspace, and we're going to tell you guys everything that happened to us over the last oh five or six weeks (laughs) yeah i think it's been like six weeks yeah Yeah. i think i think it was kind of um the beginning of maybe the second week of december was the last time we actually recorded a podcast proper so uh thank you guys so much for sticking with us um there were i think even the last i don't even think the last episode is up on youtube because um exploit was doing some really weird stuff i've slipped switched over to OBS completely now. Um, but the entire video for the last episode that we recorded was gray. So it's like you could see, yeah, you could see us like moving and there would be like big blocks of gray pixels that would move when we moved. But the whole rest of the video was just gray. It was freaking weird. So that's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that, yeah. So it wasn't even like a little bit salvageable. It wasn't even like I could pick out our faces from the, like just, gray rectangle so anyways if you're looking for this on youtube that's why the the most recent episode wasn't up there but uh today's episode will go up uh the uh last episode is up on the itunes feed so uh yeah now we're back and i'm excited to be back so um i don't really know where to start i mean who wants to go first because um there's just there's just a lot a lot of stuff that happened a lot of stuff is going on (laughs) You have the best news ever. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to start with Jocelyn, because she's been, like, every time we're like, should we do a show? We're all just kind of like, ugh, life is so blah right now. And then I'm just like, but we need Jocelyn to, like, share. Like, I'm excited. (laughs) Just a little excited. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay, so I wrote my news in the spreadsheet. If anyone's been following me on Twitter, then you guys probably already know. But Matt and I got engaged on Christmas Day. (laughs) <laughs> in their new house 
Yes, in our <laughs> yes, in our new house. And so I wrote "Got Engaged" as my like update for this week. And I came back into the dock right before the show, and Nevermore had made it like font size seventy two and bold and purple. <laughs> It's like, all right, all right. Incredible. So she's Incredible. <laughs> I'm excited. I love you. I love Matt. This is awesome. <laughs> Good. I'm glad because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, and it's funny because I actually had um, one of my oldest friends, Carrie. Uh, I met her in high school and I had her over over the weekend and we had kind of like a sit down, gab session, drink some wine, uh, catch up girl night and like. She kind of had the reaction that I was afraid that you nevermore were going to have where like, I'm really excited for you, but I'm really sad for me. And then that makes me just sad in general. And I'm like, I don't want to make anybody sad. (laughs) I am not sad for you. I'm very excited for you. I know. It's just there's like, like I said, there's been so much going on and there's like everyone else has so much more on their plate. And I don't know why. Like I, I was very happy and excited, but. We also um, tried to tell because it happened on Christmas Day, we decided that we weren't going to actually call anybody. We were going to like go around because we were seeing like all the members of our family. We were going and spending time with friends. So we kind of took the week after Christmas to go and tell everybody in person. So we'd like tell somebody, be like, but don't say anything. Tell someone and (laughs) don't say anything. So I was like excited excited and happy but it was such a slow burn that then when I did tell people I was like okay this happened don't be mad (laughs) which is such a weird thing like I mean I don't know maybe I just I I was too worried about other people's reactions thoughts I don't know (laughs) but uh yeah it was it was a weird weird time (laughs) you know and I think the the hardest part about that is um you know you're thinking about everybody else's feelings but I really truly believe that true friends will absolutely have your best interests at heart when that comes to it, knowing that this makes you so happy that, yeah, I mean, you know, if there's any kind of conflict, like, oh, I've been waiting for my boyfriend, fiance, or my boyfriend to uh, propose, you know, forever, you know, that goes aside because <laughs> freaking yay. <Yeah. laughs> And, Thank uh, you. And I know that that's that's a concern for yeah. for other people. Yep. Well, I mean, like, and and I totally get it. I mean, we had the conversation right here on Slaying Demons, like probably ten or twelve episodes ago, basically just saying like it's so hard in the era of Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and everything else that it just like it feels like everyone is lapping you in so many ways, you know, like and I don't ever want to make my friends feel like how I was feeling very recently, you know, like so I just uh, yeah, like as as happy as I was, I guess, because of everything that I've been through and how I had been feeling, I was like hyper aware of how like telling people I was engaged could make them feel. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, this is my news. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, I need you, to tell everybody, but I can't, screaming. like, yeah, like, I was like, I, I need to tell everybody, but I can't, like, I don't want to rub it in anyone's face, but also, like, I'm excited, and, oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> you should totally be excited. I know. Don't yes. worry about and other people. So, like, tell tell people what you can tell them about, like, how it happened and what your plans are and all that stuff. Be excited for God's sake. Can I? Okay. No, I was like, could you give us more information, please? <laughs> Jesus. 
I can if you really want it. <laughs> Do it, please. Like the entire audience is going, Jocelyn, God damn it, just tell us. Um, so uh, because obviously everybody knows uh, Matt and I bought a house this year. So uh, we had made the decision that we were not going to get presents for each other for Christmas. So about three, no, not even because it was really coming down to the wire. It was probably about two weeks before Christmas. And Matt said, you're not allowed to look in the trunk of the car. And I was like, do you have a, do you have a body in the trunk of the car? Like, why can I not look in the trunk of the car? Uh, and That's he's, my kind of guy. <laughs> and he's just like, well, you just you just can't because Christmas reasons. And I was like, you're in so much trouble. And then so probably like four or five days after that, I went to go get my hair done. And I came home from getting my hair done. And Matt was like, Okay, so your Christmas present is in the kitchen. And I was like, okay. So I went into the kitchen and he'd installed, while I was out, he'd installed a new faucet in our kitchen, which I actually really wanted. And I was really excited <laughs> about because the old one was busted and crappy. And I was actually really, I was like, oh, good. And I was like, so this is what was in the trunk. And he was like, yep. I was like, good. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's kind of, it's like a thing for the kitchen. It's a thing for the house. So it's not like a, I can't be mad. It's a thing for both of us. So anyways, uh, Christmas morning rolls around and uh, there's a present under the tree and not a small present, a really freaking big present. So I came downstairs and we had like the, the Christmas tree next to the fireplace and he had lit a fire and everything else. It was, it was so festive and awesome. And like our stockings are all full of stuff because, you know, Santa came, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, there's this big, huge present under the tree. And I'm like, Matt, I know that I didn't put that there. <laughs> like, you're in so much trouble. It was big and it was heavy. And he was like, just 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 open it. Just do it. I did just whatever. So I opened it and it was a new KitchenAid mixer, which I've wanted for freaking ever too. But I was Aww. like, I'm getting like more and more mad because I was like, we're supposed to have no <laughs> presents. And then there was the faucet and then there's the mixer. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, this is like a present for me because with this, you're going to make me cupcakes. So <laughs> he's like, I'm seeing this as like an investment into my infinite supply of cupcakes. <laughs> I was like, your logic is flawed, mister. <laughs> So anyways, he's like, okay, well, there's one more present under the tree. And I was like, okay, I don't know how much more trouble you can get into, but you're already in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to do this? And so he gave me this little, this little box and I opened it and it was a jewelry box. And then, so I opened it all the way and it was actually these earrings. And I was just, so I opened the box and I was like, just turned to him. And I was like, halfway through saying, you are in so much fucking trouble <laughs> and then he's like well you need something to match this <laughs> ring oh. <laughs> and i was like oh okay you're you're forgiven <laughs> he planned uh, that exactly yeah, how you yeah. would react to all of it <laughs> right like I how well does he know this. me <laughs> That yep, is amazing. So, so that that's our that's our uh, our engagement story. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, um, the ring that he got me. Um, so I'm just wearing my the ring I normally wear on my left hand right now instead of my right hand because uh, the ring that he actually got me doesn't have a matching wedding band. So he kind of like he got it and it was like right before Christmas when it came, and then so he didn't have time to like 
swap it for anything. So he uh, he kind of like showed me and gave it to me, and he's like, "But this like this this isn't the 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 wrong like he's no he's like this this isn't good." I'm going to get you another one. <laughs> I was like, okay. So the whole time for Christmas, like we picked out, we went on the, the site, we picked out another ring. The ring is coming. Uh, I returned the original engagement ring. And um, so the whole time at Christmas, there was like a little um, like tag on it that was like, you know, those things that, that they put on like your, your computer and stuff so that if you open it, you void the warranty. Like it's got the, the shiny stuff that when you peel it away, it like leaves the words behind or whatever. So it had like a tag like that on it. So I was like wearing the ring because I wanted to wear the ring. I was excited. I was wearing the ring all through Christmas with this like giant like price tag looking thing on it. (laughs) And I would like I I had the the jewelry box in my purse and I was like putting it on right before we'd go into the house to tell somebody new. And then I'd be like taking it off. And then everyone was like, oh, let me see the ring again. And they're like, wait, why aren't you wearing the ring? And I was like, oh. Okay, so here's the price tag story. <laughs> yeah. So Chad, Chad is asking though, did he actually get his cupcakes? They need They're to. They're very worried. They're very, very <laughs> worried. So this kind of leads into, I guess, my my second piece of kind of update news thing. Uh, we actually started the keto diet, so no, Matt has not gotten any cupcakes. I did, however, make him uh, keto brownies. So he he has gotten some uh, some sweets air quotes sweets out of the uh, out of the mixer. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. But so talk Ooh. about your keto experience. What's that been like for you? Um, it wasn't uh, it it wasn't necessarily as bad as I thought it was going to be on an ongoing basis. But I definitely had a couple of days where I felt like I had the flu and was also hungover. It was like there was one day, actually one day I had a migraine and one day I felt just like gross, like just totally and utterly gross. But since then, um, the biggest thing I've noticed is my energy level. It's like no matter how much caffeine I drink throughout the day, uh, like I've pretty much been drinking about the same amount as I was before. Uh, Did we lose Nevermore? Yeah, I think we did. She's, She's coming back. Um, but yeah, so I'm drinking about the same amount of caffeine as I had been, but, um, my energy level throughout the day is very much like steady. So like, I always assumed that like my ups and downs were, um, based on just the amount of caffeine I drink. So I would be like, wake up in the morning, really, really low energy. And then I drink a coffee and I'd go really, really high energy. And then it kind of like fade away. And so I'd have another one. And I always thought that that was caffeine fluctuations. And then I cut out sugar. I'm still drinking all my caffeine. And it's just like, bam, same all day. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's a huge, that's a huge like change in how your body is just processing stuff too. Yeah. And uh, so I think we started um, about two weeks ago now. And I've noticed like two things, like the energy level, but also holy hell, eating healthy is so freaking expensive. Like yep. it's so much money. I couldn't believe it. It's like yep. trying to get like, uh, cause I mentioned I made brownies. So we got, um, like coconut flour instead of regular flour. And it was literally like four times the price and yes. a bag of the like sugar replacement that I use in baking was like $12 for like a third of a pound versus the two pound bag of sugar for $3. Like it's yep. just, Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And then even like, okay, pizza sauce, 
there was uh, three different types of pizza sauce because I figured out a way to make pizza. So there's three different types of pizza sauce that I can use, two of which are ridiculously high in sugar and were like 99 cents. And the other one had no sugar and it was like $4. And I was like, yep. oh my God, like it just, it's absolutely insane. So like, I don't know, um, from a like pure diet perspective, we're not having any problems. Like I'm not hungry. I don't eat nearly as much. Like I'm having trouble actually hitting like my calorie counts for the day because I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just not hungry. Like I, it fills me yeah. up. So, um, I just, I don't know, like from a, from a diet perspective, it hasn't been all that difficult, but from a budget perspective, I don't actually know how like affordable it's going to be long-term, like how long I'm actually going to be able to keep this up just because I'm like, we're spending like way more money now than we did, even when we were eating out or ordering in all the time. Like, I just I yeah. cannot believe the amount of money. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I felt it, too, with changing, mm. uh, changing my diet and buying whole foods and things that are, you know, I mean, just, you know, meats and vegetables. <laughs> it's just so meat expensive. and cheese is so expensive. And that's like yeah. meat and cheese and eggs is very much like the kind of staples of this diet like at, along with like broccoli and cauliflower and asparagus like but man like oh yeah you have to I mean the things that I've learned is that you've got to buy things in season if you can mm. um for veggies especially look for the sales at the grocery store for the meat and if you've gotten it buy it and and like buy extra and then freeze it and freeze it freeze you know it. <laughs> yeah freeze it Cause that is it, just, it, it's tough. I mean, my grocery bill almost doubled when yeah. I was going after changing that. So I feel your pain. It's hard. Yep. And so, uh, so uh, but is it, is it something that you feel like has really done good things for you overall? Well, I'm down five pounds in two weeks and great. I feel like, so I've kind of hit a little bit of a plateau, I guess in the last like few days because I saw like a fairly consistent drop um like it wasn't like I was up here and then I went five and then I'm now going back up. it's like I it just kind of incrementally lower um but it hasn't dropped in a couple of days but what I have noticed is like my clothes are loosening if that makes sense so it's like I may not my number might not be changing but like I couldn't keep my pants up today I had to go in about yeah. loop so Matt. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like um I'm less like I'm less bloated I'm less hungry and I haven't had any heartburn or any gallbladder problems since. I was just gonna ask you if you yeah. noticed if it's affected that because that was like my biggest concern is like a big change in my diet how that was going to affect me and like I feel a thousand times better than I did that's awesome yeah so <laughs> So big changes for Jocelyn. I love yeah, it. Yeah, really big changes. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of a crazy Christmas, but uh, but good overall. I mean, everything everything's been been great, <laughs> which which makes right. me feel horrible because <laughs> things have not necessarily been great in the world of the jewels and the Nevermore. So who would like you know, to go it, first? <laughs> it comes in cycles, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I, Nevermore, feel free. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna put me on the spot on this one. Okay, um, 
you know, I I think it was good that we started off with some some happy news for Jocelyn because it, it, yeah, it's been a little bit hard. <sighs> this is it's even hard to talk about right now. I know, but, honey. <sighs> yeah. So, um, I lost my kitty, which was kind of known. Like you guys, we had talked about it mm-hmm. on the show that I was. I was seeing that coming down the road and yeah, I think you know, the it's last been time, the six, last time we, talked. you know, yeah. So six weeks ago, um, I had to make the call to put him to sleep. And what it did is it just kind of spiraled into something really tough for me. Like, um, cause the holidays suck anyway for me yeah. and it, this didn't help. And, uh, I actually wound up hitting, one of the lowest depressions that I've ever really experienced in my life. And I've had definitely a bunch of hits in my life. And this kind of just, you know, hit me to the point where I couldn't even do my job. You know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't come on a podcast and, you know, certainly not this one Yeah, and try to talk about, you know, how life is improving or working on things when I could barely even keep my head up. Um, And it was really, really fucking hard. And one of the things that I had to do is I had to admit that. I had to say, um, life is really not good. Like, it's not good right now. And I'm struggling. And I need to admit that I'm struggling. And what that did was it actually turned everything around. You know, um, I was due to do a, a Torrent Think Tank episode and we had some tough topics to talk about. And I just literally couldn't do it. I, I didn't have the energy or the mindset. And I went to Twitter and I just admitted that I'm struggling. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to work on this and I'm going to make it better. And the outpouring of support and relating to that and people calling me brave, which I didn't feel at all. Um, it actually helped a ton because I admitted that I had a problem and it was, it was so painful to do that because, you know, I'm supposed to be that one, that one person who's supposed to be there for everybody else. And, uh, I just couldn't keep my shit together anymore. And I had to admit that. And it turns out everyone that you've been there for in the last five to six years was like, Holy hell! Pylon, be there for Jules. <laughs> yeah, was it was awesome incredible. I mean, I I cried so much happy tears as much as the the sad tears. Um, and I'll tell this to anybody who has to deal with any type of loss, major change, life just kind of throws a bunch of shit in their face, and sometimes you just have to feel it. And that's what I was not doing. Is I was, you know. Spike died and I kind of just like muscled up and said, let's go back to work and um, just try to get through it. And I threw myself into work and I ran from it instead of dealing with it. And it bit me hard and it bit me fast. And it, it was like, I couldn't, I had to deal with it. I had to feel it. And so I I have a dear friend um, who has been on my show in the past. Um, She's a psychologist, Dr. Holiday Bean. And She's pretty incredible. And she just said to me, Jules, 
you just have to feel the emotions. And if it sucks, it sucks. And if you cry, you cry. And if you're mad, you're mad. And if you feel like you want to scream, then scream, you know, do it all, but feel it. And that's what I did. And it helped. And so I came out of it knowing, you know, I slowly kind of crawled my way back <laughs> out of it. Um, as the holidays went through and I just like, you know, I mean, I know that life is going to throw me a bunch of shit and it keeps happening. Like it just, you know, life is just going to throw me curveballs, And, um, every single time that happens, I'm stronger for it. I'm stronger than I was the last time that that curveball came at my face. And I, I'm, you know, I would never wish that kind of feeling on anybody, but, I came back out of this and I still have my moments like, you know, the other day I was just kind of hit with this wave of grief that just came out of nowhere. And it's just like where <laughs> it's been six weeks, but you know, that's, um, oh, that's nothing, honey. That's yeah, nothing. I know it just, <laughs> it came out of, it came out of nowhere and, you know, and yeah, you know, you lose something really close to you and it's very difficult to, to process that sometimes, but life has been moving forward. And so that was the, the tough stuff. Um, and out of all of that, I was still like, you know, still fighting for what I wanted. Like I wanted, I, I, one of the things I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to be, um, an analyst and, and kind of a commentator for, uh, for esports and specifically, uh, the Heroes uh, Global Championship League. And by a shift of fate, I was given a shot at it. And I did it. And I got a lot of great feedback about it. And so I did it again. I was offered a chance to do it again. And I did it again. And I have now gotten the opportunity to do this on a semi pretty regular basis for two shows now. <laughs> Yeah, Which it is kind incredible of, to me. That kind of came um, all at once, I guess, because it, yeah, yes. like, um, so the the shows you're talking about, um, I know we're doing the same one because I'm doing what you're doing, but for Hearthstone. And right. uh, that's for uh, Battle.net Sports, which is uh, put on by Convert to Raid. But um, what's the, what's the other one? Because like, I is, know, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's Nerf This, which right. is the uh, esports podcast run by Turner's E-League. Um, so they're, they're covering all blizzard esports and uh, like CSGO and mm -hmm. paladins and, you know, different games as well as blizzard. And I have now become their official HGC correspondent for the, for the team, which is Yay. incredible. Like that's, that's so awesome, cool. Jules. I mean, Jocelyn and I, this week we did battle.net sports. We just, just came out this morning or this afternoon and every commentator on that show was female. Yeah, it's I noticed that. Incredible. It's incredible. Except for and Pat. I'm so well, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's the host. host. Yeah. The host. <laughs> yeah. He's the host, but every commentator yeah. who was there to talk about specialties, you know, knowledge about their sport was female. And I'm so damn proud of that. I'm so proud to be a part of that. I'm so proud that Jocelyn and I are doing that in the same group. And like, that is so, that's incredible. So cool. And so, like, that's a huge win. That was a major win for me. Um, I'm so proud of that. 
And so, you know, it pushes me to keep working harder and work forward. And when that sadness hits, it's not as hard anymore. That's good. You know? It, so, yeah, you know, back into working again, <laughs> you know, working really hard. And, uh, and, you know, life is, like, you know, life is not easy, but it's worth the fight, guys. It's totally worth the fight. So that's that's my basis of my update. Um, sorry if I made everybody cry, <laughs> but it's you know it was really I, I know it I know this is going to be hard for Nevermore too. Yeah, because this is this show is raw and real, and it was even too raw and real for me to face in the weeks prior. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. And there's like, nothing wrong it. with that. And I like I like I said off the top of the show, like you guys went through some really, really, really shitty times and it's okay to not be able to actually talk about it. I mean, just we've we've also talked on this show before about how it's so much easier sometimes to to put things in writing. So Jules, like you did with your tweet, like you can't come on the show, you can't come on tour and think tank, you can't come on slaying demons, and you can't get the words out. But that doesn't mean that the words aren't there. So sometimes that written communication is just the little kind of bump that you need. And uh, I don't think that there is anyone currently listening to the sound of my voice who is going to hold that against you in any way, shape or form. So no, no, it, it the hardest part about it is that I felt like a failure. I felt like I couldn't handle it and I should have been able to handle it. You know, I just want to is- hug you so bad right now because like. You are one of the hardest working people that I know. Like the fact that you even wanted to still keep working, like you didn't take a break. You didn't do anything. You just like were like, okay, well, this really bad, really shitty, heartbreaking, rip my heart out thing is happening to me. Um, Guess it's work time. Like, do you know who does that? Nobody does that, Jules. (laughs) Nobody does that except apparently you. (laughs) Apparently me. Yeah. So I, yeah, I. You, it's uh, how I cope with stuff sometimes too, which is not yeah. a really healthy way to do it, you know. And I get that, and it it didn't work this time. Like trying to get past it and working through it, just it it didn't it didn't. I had to actually do the work on myself. <laughs> yeah, which is really really tough. Yeah, the so, emotional work, not the not the podcast work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's still you know I, I'm a work in progress. I still have moments where that that darkness kind of wants to creep back in and you know I'm a little bit better now to look at it and say I can do this you know I I can I can do it or or if you need you okay you need me to deal with you right now all right I'll deal with you this evening or whatever I'll make time now instead of not making that time Mm -hmm. um yeah Battle Panda in the chat room is saying it's how he copes as well. And I know it's how I cope with a lot of things, too, is like when you just can't deal with the things that your brain is thinking, then you throw yourself into some sort of distracting task. So, you know, like for a lot of us, it is work. Um, it's it's a coping mechanism. And, and for others, it could be like music or movies or tv or whatever like anything that you can do video games too obviously Um, anything that you can kind of do to distract yourself and stop thinking about the thing that's bothering you and that you can't emotionally deal with so 
you know, like that's going in and playing a video game for, you know, hours and hours and hours on end to to escape from what's going on sometimes helps. But often it's the same as, you know, work or everything else. Like if you don't deal with your feelings. That's going to cause a problem down the road and you're yeah. going to get overwhelmed and you're going to break down. And that's, I think, what ended up happening, unfortunately. But yeah, I busted out like yeah. I totally busted out. And, you know, I mean, people do this all the time. It could be drinking. It could be drugs. It could be uh, overeating. It could be. That's me. A I, lot dr- of- I drink my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, when you do it, it's not the healthy thing to be doing. But you're like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyway because it's going <laughs> to But gonna then I get the all numb time. and then it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. In the short yeah. term. Yeah. <laughs> In the short term. And, you know, that is something that, I mean, I had a, a, a pretty stress, stressful um, weekend. Like, you know, just kind of this out of the blue news hit me. And for the first time ever, I just wanted a drink for just to get rid of the anxiety for just a little bit. And I don't normally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. And then I'm like, nah, 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 I'm okay. I'm good. You know, which is, which is good. I'm like, okay, good. You're healthy dealing with this. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking yourself into a stupor. Yeah. But Yeah, I mean, guys, it's, you know, I I feel for everybody out there who is dealing with stuff. And I I needed to walk the walk. You know, I I sit at my podcast and I talk about needing to um, take time for you and be there for yourself and self-care. And I wasn't doing it. And so I did. And it was a good thing. Good. Yes. So, what do you think, Nevermore? <laughs> you You've been this? very quiet. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> I'm always usually quiet, though. I'm like listening to what you guys say. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know it's. This is probably one of the hardest things you're ever going to talk about. So, if you need help, we're here. I don't know how to start it. It's. <laughs> I don't know. Jules is making me cry already. <laughs> I, know. I, I know. was like, good till Jules went. I know. I know. I don't even know how, what to say. <laughs> Do you want us to ask you questions? Does that help? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so you had an experience um, dealing, dealing with grief as I did. Um, where, but you lost someone pretty special in your life. Um, so, okay. It's hard to explain, like, the relation. Like, to me, she's, like, a grandma. But she's yep. not technically my grandma. She's my cousin's grandma. Doesn't Sorry. Matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. It doesn't matter. It was someone that was super close to you. Um... So she passed away, like, on the 21st of December. So, like, right before Christmas. Um, we knew it was going to happen, obviously. Like, she's older. How old was she? Um, oh, God. I don't know, like, exact numbers. Like, I think 80-something. Oh. Um, so, anyway, uh, we really noticed her go downhill in 
around October when my cousin got married. We went to Sedona. Um, and uh, we went up there for her wedding. And, like, she's just, like, skin and bones, you know? And, like, still trying to, like, get up and walk. And she has, like, Parkinson's. Um, we call her Mamma. That's just what we've always called her instead of, like, Grandma or anything like that. Um, so, seeing her, like, they took a picture of, like, all 17 of the cousins from that side. So, like, not me and my twin sister, but the cousins from that side of the family. Because it was the first time in however many years they'd all been together. And she's just this little teeny tiny thing, like, in the front. Um, so, it was really hard to kind of see her like that. Um, and what kind of, like, pushed me, like, over the edge, like, seeing her. Like, you guys know, like, I've struggled with the idea of death and everybody dies. And, like, I get that. Like, I understand that everybody does it. Not everybody thinks about it all the time like I do. Um, so this was kind of hard to, like, see happening yeah. for the first time since, like, I've kind of come to that realization in the past couple of years that, like, death is on my mind all the time. Sorry, guys. This is going to be, like, super downer for a little while. It's okay. Um, Take your time. So, at the wedding, you know, like, we, our family was in our little hotel room or whatever. We were, you know, talking about stuff. And, like, it's, she has, like, five kids. And only really, like, one of the five kids, my one aunt, took it, like, she lived with her. Like, none of the others, like, helped or were near her or anything, you know? Like, she had to have um, one of our really close family friends show up to help get Mama dressed for the wedding because the people who were supposed to do it, like, bailed on her and none of her other oh, kids would come help, you know? So, it's, like... Unfortunately, that happens quite often. And it, I mean, and it continued throughout this whole, like, of her kind of getting worse. Yeah. But, um, like, my mom is a strong woman who, she's a nurse. She works, like, 13-something hour shifts. She'll stay up the day if we need something to happen. You know, like, we've just always known her as this very strong, independent, like, she doesn't need anybody, you know? Like, that kind of a character. Like, she was losing it. Losing oh. it at the wedding. Because seeing Mammoth so frail, like, and as a nurse, like, she's like, she's gonna die like she's like looking at her like seeing how small she is and like I think she was just like really torn of like the happiness of the day and then also seeing that but like I've never never seen my mom like react like that you know what I mean so like I'm sitting there like trying to like comfort her and at the same time like freaking out my own head because I'm like I've never seen you like this, so you're freaking me out now, you know? And she's like, you know, make sure you go over and, you know, you say your, like, see her and say hi and basically, like, kind of goodbyes or whatever, and just in case, because nobody knew how she was doing, you know? So, seeing my mom like that, you know, and, like, she finally, like, confided in Ben and I, like, how she was feeling and stuff, but it just freaked me out, like, even more, kind of, about it. Well, yeah, but, because you're dealing with your pain, your fear, and your grief, as well as all of your mom's 
pain and fear and grief that you're not used to seeing. Right. Yeah. So it's a and it's not like double she was like forcing it on me or anything. No, you know what no, I mean? No, like, no. but she was finally hitting her limits of like she couldn't keep yeah. it in anymore. You know, and like she uh, like attributed part of it a little bit to the drinking. You know, at the wedding, not like she was having a lot, but just the fact that she was opening up about it. You know. Yeah. So that's I hard just, to digest. Like you don't see your mom in that light, and that is mm. like the place. You know, in a public place, that is hard to process. Yeah, and it just, you know, it kind of scared me. She kept, she's like, and it's at, like, some resort thing where, you know, everybody's nearby and where we're staying, you know, and she's like, you guys go, you know, she's telling me and Ben to go. My sister had already left. So, like, I went, like, hugged my uncle, and I was like, you need to keep an eye on my mom. She's, like, losing it, you know? So, anyway, fast forward time of like you know seeing her there and like I had gone over and hugged her and you know talked to her a little bit but because she had Parkinson's like it was hard a little bit to like understand like what she was saying and stuff and um but I went and talked to her there or whatever so um fast forward to closer to Christmas um she's obviously not doing very well she had fallen and she hurt her hip so she was in the hospital and like um Actually, she went to the hospital my mom works at, which it's near where they live or whatever. But uh, so my mom was her nurse for that because um, her above people were like, you know, is it it's not really a conflict of interest, but are you okay? Because it happened on the night she was there and everything. So it wasn't like she went and requested her. It's just she was there when she needed her to be there kind of. So it was like good. And I was a little worried about her. But again, she's strong and was able to like, she knew that it was meant to be that she was supposed to help her and take care of her or whatever. So anyway, um, after that, she went into the little like rehab place near the hospital or you're supposed to like recover from surgeries and stuff like that. But she was just kind of frail and whatever. And she kind of started to look more like herself where like at the wedding, like she was really skin and bones and like, didn't look like the same person, but because when they got her there and she was getting like, you know, probably fluids and stuff, you know, she like filled in in her face a little bit. Mm -hmm. So she looked more like what my memory of her is, you know? Yeah. Um, so we went, my sister and my mom and people had gone to go see her. I hadn't seen her yet, but, I had left work one day early because I had to take um, Izzy to the vet, one of our cats, to look at, uh, she has, like, mouth sore stuff. So I had to take her to the vet, which is, like, literally by my mom's house, like, right around the corner. Took her to the vet, was saying goodbye to my mom, and then as I was kind of backing out, my mom had left already, and I get, like, multiple messages on my phone. She has, like, an old non-iPhone, so it, like, sends them really weird. Well, it said (laughs) something about, like, um... Becky was gone. She wasn't at the rehab center, which is my aunt. And she's, uh, they had called her saying that Mama was like unresponsive. And this is like the middle of the day. So something about her going there, but then it like stopped at and, and like, I was like waiting for like a message to come through and I'm like waiting. And I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, she lives around the corner. Like just drive over there. Like, what are you doing? So like got my car, went over there. My mom wasn't home yet. Like I think she had gone to run an errand or whatever, but I called her and we met back over there and it was just basically like she was unresponsive, but when Becky walked in, she's like, Hey mama, like, how are you? Or whatever. 
And then she was like, not so good. And like, it scared the shit out of the staff people because at that point, like they have like nothing happening. Like she's just not talking. Like she's not doing well. But like at that point, like she like rebounded like slightly, you know? So when I was at my mom's and I was already off work, she's like, let's go over there and see her. So we got my grandma who lives with my mom and we went over there and my grandma is like, I don't like she, she was ready to go, but she's like, what if they keep me? And I was like, at the same time, like, I know she's like joking, but at the same time, like she's small and frail, like the same kind of age as my mama. So I'm like, she's probably really worried about it, but she's like playing it off as a joke. And I'm like, I can't take this shit right now. Like, I, can't <laughs> that too. I know you think three. you're being funny, grandma, but you're really, really not. Yes. <laughs> So we we three got in the car and I left my cat at their house and then we went over to that little rehab place and went in and you know my aunt's visibly kind of upset you know and like man I was just kind of awake and doing okay for what had happened to her with falling and stuff and uh, my grandma sat down by my aunt and I went to go sit there was like a wheelchair in the corner or no I was standing and then Mama was like. Sarah, sit down. And, like, just the <laughs> fact, like, that she knew who I was. Yeah. And, like, was coherent enough and, like, just asked me and tell me to sit down, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay. So I went and sat down. And, like, later on in the evening, like, she brought up something about um, us as kids because my mom was a night nurse. And, like, if my grandma was ever working or out of town or whatever, we would stay with my aunt or mama you know so like even though she's not my grandma like she helped raise us and watched us and like she watched other kids after school and stuff so there's kind of a whole bunch of kids that grew up with her watching them um so the fact that she like brought that up and like the time like it's like 30 25 to 30 years ago like that she would have watched us and i don't know like why she brought it up i don't know but anyway so like just seeing like my aunt have to deal with it and um She's, like, smuggling in food for her. Like, they're like, she can't have this and this and this. But I gave her a Kit Kat and a, I'm spoon feeding her, like, root beer float and stuff. And I'm just <laughs> like, good for you, Aunt Becky. Like, you fucking give her whatever the fuck she wants, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, we stayed with her that night. And then, um, closer to the holidays, uh, we got a message, my twin sister and I. From our cousin, the one who had got married. And uh, sorry, my nose is constantly running because I've been sick lately. Um, It was from our cousin, the one who had got married. And she's like, you know, uh, if possible, could you guys please come stay with Mama? Like, my mom just doesn't want her to be by herself because my cousin was going to be hosting Hanukkah because she got married and that side of the family is Jewish and everything. Um, I don't know if it was the first time she's hosted it or whatever. I don't know. But we decided to do it regardless of our schedules because we wanted to help in whatever way we could. Um, I was terrified. Like we were going to like go part a couple hours and then the other one do a couple hours. And we were just like, let's just go together because like, I was literally kind of freaking out. And I think my sister was too about just, Mm -hmm. we don't know what to do, even though there's people there to help you. Like we were just like, I don't know. So we ended up going over there and my aunt's brother was there the whole time and it's annoying because he didn't really seem to want to be there, but whatever. So um, he stayed with us and all that. But 
So we got there and my aunt left, which we wanted her to have a break because dealing with all that and not having support from other people, like if we could give her those like three to four, actually, I think it was closer to like six or seven hours um, to know that Mamma was safe and with people who loved her, you know, like to like ease her mind and like the stress for her, you know. Um, so like we made sure that we were there, you know, um, even if Mamma wasn't fully awake like she was the other time I saw her, like not that she was fully awake then either, but just um, this time it was just she would just kind of say like if she was hurting a little bit or whatever. It was more like hospice care at that point. Right. Um, so just spending that extra time with her and letting our aunt have a break and my cousin be able to like not stress out and them to be more comfortable with the situation like that meant a lot to me and like it's not like that I want credit for being there but like I needed it too you know um because like too at another point they came in because man I kept kind of saying like um like ow and stuff like that whatever and we were trying to keep her as comfortable as possible um because again skin and bones and like the bed and everything she needed to and be propped hip injury, up. yeah. Hip injury. Um, so anyway, they finally came in to renew her meds. And then another two ladies came in to kind of do what they needed to do and clean her up and change her and stuff. And um, her son left the room with... And my niece was there too, which, by the way, like, to me is really important because, again, like, scared of death, like, want somebody to, like, look after me, like, later on in life. So, like, the fact that my niece is there, like, <laughs> seeing us... Like, lovingly be there and support it for family and, like, take care of them and everything. Like, that's important to me that she saw us giving that respect to a family member. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um. How they old is your the, niece, by the way? Um, she's going to be. I can't think right now. She's going to be eight, I think, this summer. Yeah, um, that's that's a big that's a big lesson and it's tough yeah yeah know? so like i mean she kind of played and had books and stuff or whatever and um man son kind of entertained her a little bit but whatever um so they all went in the hallway because those ladies were going to come in to change her and like one like we've talked about this kit this shit scares me like freaks me out but i felt like an obligation to stay in the room while they did it, you know, not like to watch them or make sure that they're not going to hurt her or whatever, but like out of respect for her and love for her to stay. And also to like honor my mom who's like strong and takes care of people. You know what I mean? Um, To give her a loving face and comfort in a room full of strangers. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, she, I mean, obviously she had no idea, like, that I was in there or whatever, but, like, I just felt like I needed to be in there, even though it was scary for me to see and uncomfortable for me to see, like, I needed it. Yeah. Um, Just as, like, a life experience of knowingly, like, supporting her in that moment, you know what I mean? Because I want somebody to be there for me however many years down the road if I need help you know what I mean so um and we spent like that night like 
we took turns sitting by her holding her hand and stuff and loving on her and everything. And I think that was just kind of a good goodbye for us, you know, because then it was just kind of like looming of how long she was actually going to be okay for. Um, And actually like the timing of it was terrible because um, our boss took all of us out to a really, really nice like steak place for lunch on the 21st. And um, we were sitting there waiting like, and as our like entrees were coming out, like I had picked up my phone, like, it was a few minutes before they brought it. And, like, I had looked at my phone and I, like, set it down. And, like, it had two messages. I forget who. My sister and somebody else, whatever. Both saying, obviously, that Mama had passed away. Like, and it might have been my cousin. I don't remember. But, like, I looked at it and, like, put it down. And, like, my face, like, if, if you guys know me in person, like, obviously Jules and Jocelyn do. Like, my face gives away every emotion I have like in person like I am the worst liar ever because I can't hide it like my face just does not if I'm upset it's like very apparent she might as well have like upset in big red block letters across her forehead (laughs) yeah exactly and like I like it was very like surreal of like looking at it like put it down and then I was like just kind of like not making eye contact with anybody. Like, I knew if anybody looked at me, like, that I was going to lose it. So, I'm, like, sitting there, like, they bring our food. And I'm, like, I would, like, try to take a drink and, like, barely get it in a tiny sip in my mouth and, like, choke on it. And, like, have to set it down. And then I, like, cut a tiny sliver of a steak and put, like, a tiny little piece of mashed potato on it. Like, tried to eat it. Like, couldn't eat it. And, like, everybody's, like, one at a time would, like, be, like, are you okay? Like, leaning over to me. And I was, like... Every time somebody would ask me, like, I would just, like, look a different direction because I knew, like, if I made, like, direct eye contact with anybody sitting near me that I was just going to lose it completely. <laughs> and then at that point, like, um, the one lady who kind of, like, looks after me, whatever, because there's a couple who are about, I have, they're, ugh, they have kids my age, kind of. Um, finally, kind of, she kind of looked back at me, like, leaned back past everybody, and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I just need to know where the bathroom is, and then I ran in the bathroom and, like, just completely lost it and started crying, and then eventually went and sat in the car while everybody finished their really nice Christmas lunches, because I felt bad that, like, I'm not gonna sit in the fancy bathroom and, like, cry the entire time, so my boss's wife took me outside to sit in their car, but, um, it's just very, like, like, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I feel like this is the point where I need to bring up this comment from the chat room. Uh, Jayance said, that's so nevermore, going through something hard and being upset and yet being worried about bringing people down. And I feel like this yep. is like, it, it is. It's so you that like you're going through one of the hardest points that you've had to go through in your life. And you're just like, I want to make sure everyone else can finish their lunch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, well, I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to like be like this huge, but like, and everybody kind of knew, like, since the wedding, like, that I was worried about how she was going to be doing, you know, because of how frail she was and stuff. But just the timing, like, right when they brought food, like, and I was just like, oh, like, I, and I, at that point, too, like, once I went to the bathroom and, like, the lady from work came in and she was talking to me and stuff. Um, and then she went to go get my boss's wife and they took me outside. Like, it was just, like you said, like, slow motion. Like, people are talking to you and you, like, don't, like, you don't know what they're saying. 
Yeah. It just, it's, and like, my boss is completely oblivious. Like, in the car back, he's like taking phone calls, business phone calls. Like, he just, he doesn't, his brain doesn't work that way, you know, like the whole compassion side of things. He just doesn't get it. Um, like, he asked me if, if I had sent something in one of my orders, and I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Like, if I sent whatever that order was, or if I still owe it, like, I don't know. And, like, and the one lady's like, I think you should just leave her alone for a minute. But, uh, we just got back, and, you know, she's like, here's your, here's your leftovers, and, you know, are you okay to drive home? And I was just like, I guess so. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't really have any other option. I mean, somebody would have driven me, but it just, it was just a really like progressive kind of spiral and like I remember at the beginning of December like Jules was like I don't know if I'm gonna put my tree up and then I'm like in this huge like I'm gonna do mine and like it'll help build your spirits and stuff like my tree didn't go up this year like at all um and part of that too is um we didn't because of all this was kind of happening and leading up to all of this um our original plan for Christmas was to go to California with Ben's family uh, to spend time with his mom and his dad and his sister. Um, And kind of as Mama was getting worse, like I'm like on the fence about both, you know, like I want to go spend time with his family. We don't see them very much. He sees my family here all the time, but I felt like an obligation to be here. So like the entire time I'm like on the fence because like if we all go like, and his sister goes, she usually watches our cats and we usually watch her cats. So if we're both gone, like nobody can watch the cats. And like, it's like this whole, like there's like being with his family, my family, the cat thing. Like there was just like all this up in the air stuff. And then finally Ben's just like, you're staying here like executive decision. And like, I needed that because I wasn't going to be able to make follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I needed that, but like, as soon as we decided that, like my like spirit was like, like it just like dissolved. And I like, and I mean, he didn't, nothing like from that decision is like his fault or anything like he needed to spend time with his family too and I needed to be here um but he felt terrible because on Christmas day like I'm supposed to go over to my mom's house across town with my sister and my niece and my grandma and everything well they all got sick so like I ended up just staying and spending Christmas by myself and like it wasn't like it sounds sad, but it was kind of by choice because there's a lot of gaming friends here and I knew like I could go to Ted McCall's house and be welcomed. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I, I needed that mental Space. downtime. Yes. Yeah. And I spent that time trying to unfuck my habitat and like distract <laughs> myself. And I'm like, Ben's not here. I can make a huge mess and put stuff away. And I made like a huge mess pulling everything out of the closet and it looked worse than it did before. And then he came home and I was just like, well, I tried. <laughs> I'm like, this is what I was going for. I moved a whole bunch of furniture in the closet and it looks worse. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So well played. It, I mean, just that whole, and, like, I knew Jules was hurting, and, like, at the same time, Jocelyn's celebrating, and, like, Jocelyn, do not feel bad about people wanting to <laughs> celebrate you, because we do, regardless of what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, it was just a lot all at once, you know? And it's yeah. just, 
especially because of what I was dealing with. I'm struggling with it already. And then having it be a close family, like not even just maybe somebody I kind of knew, like it's just a close family person who means a lot to me. And it was hard to like see it. But in a way, even though I know it's kind of like fucking with me a little bit of like dealing with it, like I know that I needed it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, is is this your first like very close family member that you've lost? In a long time, like, I remember we went to, like, a funeral for, like, my great-grandma and stuff like that as kids and whatever. But, like, again, like, past few years, like, death really in my face. Where then I was like, hey, there's a room with couches and sodas. We can just go in there and drink as much bottled soda as we want, you know? Like, yeah. I didn't... Understand sad, the gravity? But I, yeah. Yes. Like, it didn't resonate. Like, I mean, we've gone to other funerals and stuff through the years, like, you know, a classmate or whatever, things like that. Like, my old boss passed away. Like, stuff like that. But it was the first very close person since I've struggled with having death, like, constantly on the forefront of my mind. Like, and for people who are here or listening who haven't listened to past episodes, like, to the point where, like, I'll watch a movie with a little old couple and they'll be like, oh, and I'll be like, oh, and oh, they're gonna die soon. Like, like that flip like quick like that and it's just a lot lately and it freaks me out and I've talked to Jules about it she's like you need to read like a book or something and like I think (laughs) it scares Ben but at the same time like I don't know I we advocate like getting somebody to talk to and stuff and like I just I feel like they're not gonna give me any more information than I already know of like I don't want smoke blown up my ass about it (laughs) well you never know though like you never know until you try when it comes to actually talking to someone and I feel like um I I mean I feel like probably the perfect example of this because um I felt very similar to you I think when my grandfather passed away and that was um six or seven years ago now. And uh, I was grieving and angry to the point of like literal PTSD um, and just like crazy intense bouts of depression over it because I had never lost anybody in my adult life that I was close to. My grandfather was the first and he was the first in I lost four people in six months. Um, I lost my grandfather. I lost my godfather slash uncle. I lost uh, my great aunt and a cousin all in six months. And I'd never lost anybody in my adult life. Like the last person I'd lost, I'd been like nine. So I just um, I didn't go and talk to anyone. And I very much regret it because between talking to someone and drugs, I feel like I would have gotten over it a lot quicker. And instead, I had a couple of very bad years when I made a lot of bad choices (laughs) because I was just rebelling against death, if that even makes any sense. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Totally. Because, you know, we fear what we don't understand. And, um, you know, I never more have to give you tremendous credit for what you said earlier about how you stayed in the room with her. Um, facing even though it was uncomfortable. Because I think that that is something that, you know, like you called it out to yourself. And you said, this is something that that I, I have, a, have a hard time dealing with this. But I want someone to be there for me in my time of need. And so I'm going to do this even though it's uncomfortable. And that takes a tremendous amount of courage and bravery to do. 
Um, you know, but we, I think there's, you know, I, I'm not an expert at all on any of this, but when it comes to, when it comes to grieving is like, you know, and the fear, like fear of anything is that if you don't understand it, it's even more scary. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why I don't, that's why I have like such a, it's not a negative perspective of, I guess it is kind of negative, whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, (laughs) I guess the fact that like, I don't think I would believe what they're saying to me. Like, I don't want like kid gloves of like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want, like, positive, like, hours of them just, like, saying stuff like that because everybody dies. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, I, there's, yeah. like, no... I don't know exactly what it is that I feel towards it. It's just, like, in a way, to me, it's kind of a waste of time because I understand. It's not like I'm not believing, you know what I mean? That everybody's going to die and whatever. Like, and I'm obviously kind of self-realizing that it's an issue and I'm dealing with it to the best ability I have because there's no way of changing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And I think part of the whole, like getting meds on it too, like pisses me off because like, I don't want to get on some sort of medication for it and not be able to continue that medication after I start it. So like, that's another whole story of like shit hitting the fan of this country. Like, I just don't want to deal with that idea right now. But, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like a therapy person is just going to tell me stuff. I already know that like, I need to find ways to cope with it and whatever, because like, I have that weird, um, like, almost idolization of death like and that's something I came to the realization of too in the last couple of years is all the things I've loved my whole life have this whole life after death to them Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, The Addams Family, Sylvanas like everything that I love that's weird and creepy like that they have like life after death type you know it goes on and right. like I don't think that internally I realized all that I think I just liked it it was creepy and weird but like now looking back I'm like it was kind of like there's a definite theme (laughs) yeah oh for sure and you know the you've made tremendous strides even just now you know you were not equipped to talk about this for weeks you know almost like almost months yeah and and sorry everybody who's like new to watching (laughs) but it's but you know what i I guarantee you you're gonna start thinking about this after you're done with this show and it's gonna start processing a little bit as you now have spoken the words out loud which is exactly the same thing that i went through as well um and I, I'm going to echo Jocelyn. I think that, you know, and don't go into thinking about therapy as someone's just going to give me drugs because you can go to, um, a social worker, um, mm-hmm. or a therapist who doesn't deal with drugs at all. Yeah. yeah. It's just, they're specifically focused on having the conversations with you because basically a good therapist just gets you talking about what's in your head. Yeah. And well, reshapes that's it. That's kind of what I get it, you know, and I, like, I get that that's what they do and whatever. And it's just like, I feel like it's just like going to be like running in circles of like, it all just ties back into the, everybody dies. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what new information they're going to tell me about it. And well, I think thing- that's why I have such a negative look at it, I guess. And it's not that I hate it or anything. Like, please like audience people, like don't take it that way. It's just personally, like in my head, it just feels like it would just be like a runaround. You know what I mean? Like we would just be chasing the whole, here's what 
what the main point of your thing is, and we're just going to go around and then come back to it, and then go around and come back to it. Like, I don't know why. I think uh, Kilmer Knock in the chat room has a really good point, too, saying talking to a counselor isn't about getting happy platitudes or medication. Medication is a temporary temporary measure to help deal with something overwhelming, which I know I felt absolutely overwhelmed by grief. And uh, so the the medication helps kind of... um, calm those anxieties and then therapy is an ongoing process that helps you figure out better ways to cope because like we aren't born with coping mechanisms like we don't yeah there's so many things that we don't know we don't understand and and so many things that therapists literally study and learn they're doctors of your brain so like you know you may think that you would go to therapy and talk around in circles because that's literally all you've been doing since it happened is you've been talking yourself in circles. And as much as like, I mean, obviously we love to be here for you and we love to listen to you and it's great for you to, to sit and talk and have some personal reflection and, and everything else that you've had throughout the night. This is awesome. And I think it's very good for you, but you've been talking yourself in circles for over a month now and a therapist will be able to potentially get you out of that circle. And say, okay, but what about this? Or have you thought about this? Or, you know, here's ways to deal with the thoughts of this, you know, and and the filling in those blanks are not things that Jules and I can do. Because like we say at the top of every show, we are not therapists. (laughs) But there are plenty of people out there who are and who are specially trained to help you deal with grief. And I wish that I had gone to a therapist when I was going through all of my stuff. I, there's like two times in my life that I wish that I'd actually gone to get therapy because I feel like it would have gotten me through the abusive relationship and then all of the death. Had yeah. I talked to somebody, I wouldn't have been fucked up for years. Yeah. I, w- I would have been a lot happier and a lot healthier, a lot faster. Um, because you're right. Those conversations, like I, I am one of those people the plans conversations. I actually, I have a funny story. I told Matt, I'll tell you guys now. Um, I have conversations in my head all the time with people. Like I, I don't necessarily like plan my conversations, I guess, but like I, I start things that I want to talk about and I run them through over and over and over in my head over and over and over. That's just going through my head constantly with all different things about all different people and all different conversations. Um, so I literally told Matt, uh, when there was literally right after we got engaged, I said to him, I was like, I have to tell you something. And he was like, what? I'm like, I had been running through the conversation of breaking up with you like for the last like month. I was like, I haven't been excited about Christmas because you had told me originally like I, over a year ago that like 2017 was like the year and like. Because I had I had told him how I was feeling and how I was like, I just like like I wanted someone to to want me enough to spend their life with them. I wanted someone to pick me. That's what I wanted. And he was like, you know, oh, you know, don't worry. Like it's coming without spoilers sort of a a thing. And uh, he's like, like this year, it's this year. And it was like literally the 25th of December. And I was like, there's one fucking week left in this fucking year. <laughs> so I told him, I was like, I've been planning our breakup conversation for like a month. <laughs> and he's like, 
you're a little wacko. <laughs> like, yeah. He didn't even realize it. He didn't even know. He's in, a, he's in a totally different headspace about it. He's sitting yeah. there being all happy and excited and like, oh, she's going to love this. Oh, I can't wait for Christmas. And I'm like, I fucking hate Christmas. This could be the worst Christmas ever. This is going to be the worst year. I don't even know what I'm doing. How do I even? We bought a house. I don't even know how to undo that. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, so talking oh, about man. talking yourself in circles. I am the queen of talking yourself in circles. <laughs> we true. love you, Matt. We love yeah. you. Yes. And Never my more, point, my a, point a is. Visual for you. Oh, okay. Yes. No, oh. You have a visual for me. <laughs> I am the one who always has visuals for you guys. <laughs> yes. No, I, I have a visual about therapy that may help you a little bit because it's something that helped me when I was going through it. Because I kind of had the same things as you did those reservations like, okay, well, I already know what I know and I don't know how anybody else is going to tell me what I don't know. Right. And the way that I saw it is that this, the person, once I got through the discussion, uh, about my divorce, it was like, I knew what was inside a picture frame. That's me. I, that's, that's my face in, in my story and my life inside the picture frame. But the therapist put a frame around it and helped me close it in to understand how it fit inside everything else, how I got to that point. What is it that got me to be inside that frame in the beginning? And that was huge because like, I understood me, I understood the frame, I understood, I understood the picture, but I didn't understand how it got into the frame until she made the frame for me. And so if that helps you at all in terms of like helping you understand, like, yes, you have a, a, an obsession, like this absurd obsession with death that gets you like upset for reasons that make you so, so uncomfortable and yet you love it. Yeah. And like, how did weird. you get there? You know, That's and a good there's, point. so I just want you to think of it maybe in a, in a different perspective because like, you know where you are in terms of like yeah. you recognize you, but you don't know how you got there. True. And so there's, well, I'm like, I look I, around and I'm like, why is no one else freaking out that, like, they're going to die and everyone they love is going to die? Like, why is it just me, even though I know that there's, like, a ton of people who struggle with it? But I just feel like, I, I don't know. And I didn't mean to use the word absurd. I apologize. No, I didn't no, mean you that didn't. way. Um, I, you know, what I, it was like, I wanted to... I want you to feel like, you know, you're not alone because you're not alone. Like there's other people that have the same things that you do. And there are other, there are professionals out there that understand why it's that way. Yeah. I am not one. Joss is not one, but, um, well, but like, another part of it too is like seeing like already struggling with it, seeing her and then seeing my aunt out of the five kids be the only one like helping her. Like, it makes me thankful that I have my sister and Ben and my new brother-in-law. You know what I mean? Because you never know how somebody's going to behave when shit like this happens. And they prove that they'll be there no matter what, which, like, comforts me, like, a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, especially after seeing all this, because... Now, like, even after she's passed away, because of the timing, like, the celebration's going to be later. Um, and based on all of those 
people's schedules, and I think the only one who's out of town is the one who was in the room with us, whatever, spending time with her. Um, based on their schedules is the day that got chosen, which is my Grammy, um, who lives with my mom. It's her birthday. So on her birthday, when she's like worried they're going to keep her in the freaking home, we're going to celebrate our mana who passed away. So like now I'm like worried about her. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like just seeing them and how they're handling it, even after she's been gone, you know what I mean? And like dealing with the aftermath of all of that. Like, their family still isn't on the same page, you know what I mean? So, like, seeing all that makes me really respect and love and cherish, like, the family that I do have, no matter how small it is. Because I know that we'll all be there for each other, like, no matter what happens and when. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, you've been through a lot this last few weeks. We've all been through a lot. Good and bad. I know. Up That's and why down. we were all yeah. just like, fucking, let's distract ourselves tonight and just spend time together and play a fucking game. <laughs> That's why we had so many game nights, you guys. Yeah. We and they were needed. <laughs> they were needed. And, uh, yeah. But there's, you know, we've had... We've had ups, we've had downs, and, you know, that's going to be life. That's going to be life for for all three of us. Um, if we've helped you tonight with some of the stuff that we've experienced and, and shared, then we've done something good. So, And I can't say it enough, but, like, find your people who you can splat to in private. <laughs> because... If you didn't have that, like, I would be losing my mind. Like, if I didn't have you guys and Ben, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think I would be way worse. Like, I mean, I'm sad and, like, grieving and, like, that's normal. And I have to remind myself that that's normal. Um, But if I didn't have that support from you guys and from him and, like, my sister and my mom and everybody, like... It would be way harder than it is. So I love you guys. And Jules, I love you. And I'm really sorry about Spike. Because I know you struggled with that too. You're going to make me cry again. (laughs) Sorry. I just, I love you guys a lot. And I know I'm being really mushy about it. But it's true. And I'm glad that you're my friends. I love you guys. We told you guys on episode one that we were going to talk about some shit, okay? (laughs) I know. I know. Uh, So there's a show for you. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for sharing your stories. Uh, Thank you guys in the chat room for hanging out with us. If you would like to send in any of your stories, give us an update on you. We haven't heard from you guys in a while. You can either join our Discord, which is discord.gg slash jossplays, there are two different slaying demons channels. There's a PG channel and an 18A channel. So go have Hello. some fun in there. Not too much that fun. Everyone weird. can see that. <laughs> Every once in a while it takes a really weird turn and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> uh, so you can join the conversation in real time over on Discord or you can send us an email if you'd like to remain anonymous to demonspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Jules, where can folks find you on the internet? 
You can find me on Twitter at JulesRPG. And I have a new website for my chainmail stuff, which is chain, chainofjewels.com. Um, and I'm streaming again. So you can catch me most of the time on the weekends now uh, at twitch.tv slash JulesRPG. I've been making a lot of a lot of stuff for a lot of people lately. So thank you guys so much for all your commissions. I'm having a blast with it. Awesome. And Nevermore, where can folks find you? I'm very proud of you for doing that because I I felt very out of sorts lately. Like I did really good in November and then all the shit hit the fan. And like I know Jules was even off of it for a little while too. I don't know how Jocelyn can do all her stuff all the time. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't even know. Where am I on Twitter? I'm at Quota Nevermore on Twitter. And on Twitch, which I have not streamed since probably before Thanksgiving. Or no, the after Understandable. Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, Christmas. Have not streamed, have not crafted, have not done anything. Um, hoping to change that. I bought a brand new camera thing that I think will solve my problems of lighting and focusing. So I'm very excited to do that. When I do, it will be at twitch.tv slash geekasylum. So Yay. soon, hopefully. But yeah. I'm sure Ben, that's probably driving him crazy because he likes technical stuff and I haven't even set it up yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. Uh, I also, I did, didn't mention, but I did have more news. I got a new job. <laughs> so, uh, yes. I, yeah, I totally forgot to mention that in updates. So I'm not going to go <laughs> into it too much now, but um, basically I'm now a promoter for stream elements. So if any of you out there are aspiring streamers or streamers already, and you'd like more information about stream elements, please do come and hit me up. It's basically an all-in-one service. They do all the donation stuff, the overlay stuff, the um, like super cool in uh, channel currency stuff with stores and there's just there's so many really cool features so if you're interested in stream elements at all just hit me up you can hit me up on discord or twitter or whatever works for you uh that's gonna do it for us tonight thank you guys so much for hanging out and we will see you next week bye everybody bye